Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I especially love connecting with other like-minded women and sharing their story. I'm your host, Katerina Borinova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. Now, as many of you know, I have been studying for my architecture exams over the last few years, and the end of this challenging time is finally over for me. I am officially a licensed architect in the state of California. Well, I guess I am waiting for my certificate and license number, which hopefully I will have in my hands by the time this episode airs, but once I have that license number, I can officially immediately start practicing as a licensed architect. And so I've gotten many questions about sharing my CSE journey, my California exam journey, and I'm going to talk about that specifically in today's episode. If you are curious to learn about the other architecture exams, the other processes, the AREs, the national exams, if you're curious about hearing about my journey on those, I'll provide links in the show notes for two episodes. Episode number 28, The Road to Architecture Licensure, And episode number 35, The Journey of Perseverance and Making Your Dream a Reality, where I talk more about my other architecture journey in those exams and all those episodes. All right, so let's, uh, before we begin the episode, let's think of something we are grateful for in this present moment, whatever it may be, large or small. Whatever has brought you a sense of gratitude in this present moment. And for me, since this episode is centered around me passing my last exam, I have to say I am grateful for having this exam behind me and having passed it on my first try. It was a one and done, and I am so grateful to not have to study ever again if I don't want to. And I, well, I, I won't. I don't want to. I won't want to unless there's some something like for a fun course that I'm taking, but I don't want to study ever again. So I'm grateful that that exam is behind me and I can move on with this next chapter of my life. So throughout the episode, I am going to be talking in abbreviations. Um, There's NCARB, A-R-E, C-S-E, CAB. So before we get into the episode, I want to just review with you what all these things mean. So NCARB, N-C-A-R-B, is the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards. That is the board who administers the AREs, which are your architectural registration exams. And so to be a licensed architect in the U.S., you have to take your AREs. There are six. No matter what state you're in, you have to take your AREs and you take them with NCARB. And then there's CAB, C-A-B, which is the California Architects Board. And with them, you take your CSE, your California Supplemental Exam. NCARB, AREs. CAB is CSE. Got it? Okay, because there's going to be a quiz at the end. I'm just kidding. Of course not. No quizzes, no tests, nothing on this episode. (laughs) Just talking about my exam process. All right. So what happens once you pass your six national NCARB exams? So... You're done, you've passed them all. You get an email from NCARB saying you passed. So NCARB notified me that my record, my exams, my transcript from my university, my internship hours have all been sent to CAB. And CAB now has to confirm, verify, process them through their system. 
Now, I sent an email to CAB to double check and stay on top of them because I was very eager to have my exam scheduled. CAB very quickly verified with me that my documents uh, were received and that they will send me an application in the mail to submit back to them. So heads up, when you're working with CAB, they are a snail mail and you write checks for them. So there's no easy, give your credit card number. It is very slow. You get hard copies of applications sent to you. So it's definitely a little bit of a slower process than if you are studying or submitting stuff to NCARB. And so while all of this was processing, I got my fingerprints done and I highly recommend getting your fingerprints submitted back to CAB. So what CAB now requires is to get your license, they do a background check on you. So you have to provide the fingerprints. Now you don't need the fingerprints if you are taking the exam, you just need it, might as well get it done when you can. That way you don't have to now, you know, once you pass your exam, you don't have to worry about getting the, the fingerprints submitted and having to process that. Now, throughout all of this at the time, I also had to update and change my address because when I moved back to California from Illinois, I had to register with CAB and I put down my parents' address because that's where I was living at the time. And so there was a little bit of a discrepancy because my current NCARB account showed my current address and then CAB said, well, we see you at this other address. So we, that was a quick little change. Um, I think they, I don't remember if I, I did, I, I think I, I had to snail mail in an application changing my address. So yes, so, but lots of hard copies and checks with CAB. And so they'll send you an application, a hard copy of an application, you fill it out and you send them a check. The check is for $100. This $100 covers the processing of the application and also the cost of the exam. And it took about a week for them to receive it, process it. I would recommend getting tracking on any mail that you're sending because it kind of stressed me out not having tracking on this particular application. So yeah, so definitely get tracking if you want to know that it arrived because you get no notification. There's nowhere you can check on like the status of your application. So it's definitely, um, yeah, more of a waiting process. And again, it's a snail mail process, so I ended up getting a letter in the mail back saying I was now able to schedule my exam. They told me where to go, what website to go on to, and so I scheduled my exam. So just to give you an idea of the timeline for all of the processing, so once you've passed your last ARE exam, so I passed mine July 17th, I was able to schedule my CSE exam by August 15th. So it took about a month. But I was also very on top of it, making sure everybody got the application. So definitely don't just kind of let it think that everyone's going to do their job right and it's going to get processed because that's not always the case. So I definitely highly recommend if you are eager to take the CSE exam, just follow up with CAB, a nice little email. Hey, just checking in, making sure you got what, what you needed. Is there anything else I can provide you at the time? Just kind of, you know, making sure you're on top of it. And so I scheduled my exam for Saturday, October 29th. So it was about two and a half months out from the time I scheduled. And I had to schedule it at this time because I wasn't able to study during September because I had a trip to check. And so I wasn't able to do it at early in October. And then beginning of November, we had the trip to Utah for Jesse's birthday. So I only had really the month of October to study. So I picked the last Saturday in October and... 
I gave myself all of October, so four weeks of studying to really focus on the exam. And over the years, I've realized I do much better with short, intense study sessions rather than long, drawn-out weeks of studying. So I was able to really just focus in on those four weeks. And the only thing on my mind was the CSE exam. So that's that's kind of how my my schedule went. Now let's talk about study material. So study material you need for the CSE exam is... In the time before I was able to take my exam, I started purchasing all of the study material I needed. So I started with the CSE exam prep, the whole enchilada. I don't know why it's called that, but so there's the CSE exam prep, the whole enchilada, and it was actually being updated from PDFs to more of a digital version right when I was purchasing it. And David, who is the kind of the brains behind the CSE exam prep, He was, you know, once you sign up, he would email and say, hey, you know, we have an updated version. If you'd like to upgrade, you can do that. And what the digital version was is everything was kind of changed also. I guess another thing too is (laughs) within the last few months, CAB changed the, there used to be four categories for the exam and they changed it to five categories, but I guess they didn't let anybody know. And it kind of, as students were, you know, as people were taking these exams, and kind of getting feedback on, well, hey, I thought there were four categories, but there's actually five. Um, So David actually ended up updating the exam prep material to reflect that change that CAB made. And then it was really nice is he had audio that goes along with what you're reading. So you're listening to him talk, he adds in a little bit more, but it's kind of a nice visual. So you're not just reading, you're also listening to the audio at the same time. So I really liked the CSE digital prep update. And he also, David also reached out to me to see if I wanted to join his September coaching group. So he has a coaching group program you can join. It's an eight-week process. And I kind of reached back out to him or responded back to him and said, well, you know, I'm taking my exam at the end of October. You know, I know your coaching program begins mid-September. I can't start studying. I'm going to Europe. Should I, you know, can I still benefit from being part of this coaching program? And so he explained to me, you know, how it would work. And he said it was definitely worth it. And I have to say, I loved having the weekly calls with the group. It was really nice to be able to ask questions. And I think I would have definitely done the ARE coaching groups that they also provide. David provides with another colleague of his. And so I think the coaching groups are really good because they also have one-on-one coaching for the ARE exams if you're interested in that. But it felt nice to not go at it alone. And it was really nice to, you know, we have a Slack group and we could ask questions right away. So I didn't feel like I was trying to Google answers. It was really nice to kind of have a group of people studying with you at the same time. So that was definitely very new. I hadn't done that with the AREs. And so I highly recommend it. And it's also, if you need someone to keep you accountable, this group is really good because you meet every week, everybody has any questions, you know, people even shared what they were going through or any experiences. And so you definitely feel less alone. And the, one of the interesting things was I wasn't sure who would be taking the CSE exam with me. In my mind, I thought, oh, it'll be everyone just passing the AREs. So everyone will just be fresh and new from taking the ARE exams. And to my surprise, it was actually a lot of out-of-state architects who are now trying to get their license in the state of California. And so they've been licensed for 20, 30 years in their state. And now because they have a project, a client they want to, or they have to move to California, they're now taking these exams. So 
that was very different. It was really interesting hearing everybody's experiences from the processes they had in their state. So definitely recommend the coaching group. It was definitely well worth it. I also bought Archibald Wu's two mock exams that he has and also a workbook. My plan was to review the workbook while I was in Prague, actually, but that did not end up happening at all. I would say the Wu exams are definitely hard. They're definitely on the harder scale of any of the other exams, uh, practice exams that you can purchase. And also, I'm going to provide links for all of these if you, so whatever exam or practice, the exam prep, the whole enchilada, everything, I'll provide links here so you guys can definitely look at that because, yeah, these are invaluable study materials for sure. And so I would say, but so the Wu exams were definitely hard, I would say, but I was frustrated with the wording. And there was a few answers I would have strongly debated that I don't think were right. But overall, it was good. It I think having multiple different practice tests and versions is really beneficial because you're being asked questions on a topic in multiple different ways because every practice exam, practice test, they word everything differently. And so you're being tested. It's just, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice variety of how you're being tested on the material. I also use some of the Schiff Harden lectures from the ARE exams to help review contracts because you have to memorize, um, pretty much memorize um, the B101, A1, A201. It wasn't the C, C401. You didn't have to do that. But there's multiple contracts um, very similar from the ARE exams that you have to memorize. So that's, I like those lectures. Those are really helpful. So I had those. And then I also use Designer Hacks, which is a really good mix of practice quizzes and practice tests. They also are part of the ARE. They have all the ARE exam practice tests. And Designer Hacks is a little, I think, on the easier scale. And what's really nice is they have a full-blown practice test, and they have a 25-question quiz and a 10-question quiz. And every time you take their quizzes, it's different questions and different, you know, so it's kind of, you always get a little bit of a mix. So even if I would have like five minutes or I wanted to take a break at work, I was like, oh, I just want to like quickly test my knowledge. I could just do a 10 question quiz and it was different every time. And so that was really fun. So I really like designer hacks. I can't believe I just said that was really fun. It was not, <laughs> I don't even just, yeah, it wasn't fun, but I guess it was, their quizzes are on the funner side than some of the other ones. So in total, how much did all of this cost? I can't believe it when I actually looked back on how much all of this study material cost for this one exam. So I spent $350 on the coaching program. The CSE exam prep was originally $180, but I upgraded to the digital version. So that was an additional $100. Definitely worth it though to upgrade. The Wu study guide was $64 and the mock exams were $22 each. I must have gotten it on sale because I was looking back through. For some reason, I got $20 off of Wu. I don't know if there was like a whole package deal. Also, some of these exam prep study materials, sometimes they have they have sales. So if you're ever like thinking about starting to study and you see they have a sale or something, just buy the material because you're going to use it eventually. And I don't remember how much Designer Hacks was. I bought that. I think I bought that with like some of my ARE exams for the CSE exam. So I don't know how much. But in total, I spent $777 on just study material. If you include the $100 application just to take the exam, to pay for the exam and the application fee, I'm at $877. So this is definitely, I, it's just one exam and I threw a lot at it. I don't even want to know how much I've spent on the other exams, but it gives you an idea of how much material you need to really be able to study. I think in the short amount of time I had, 
I just wanted to make sure I had everything accessible to me, anything anybody recommended, I could easily grab for. I didn't have to wait to download or buy it or anything. I made sure I had everything readily available to me. So that's all the study material. I highly recommend. I used all of it. Even the Woo work, the workbook, I kind of flipped through it towards the end. If there was a topic I wasn't like quite sure about, I would read about it, see how he would describe it. So it's definitely just a mix of a melting pot of study material, I guess you could say. That's study material. Now let's talk about my study tactic, my study time, what I did. So as I said, I, my, my plan was to start studying while I was in Prague, to listen to some lectures, you know, while I was riding the metro and to kind of read through my workbook on the plane. But in reality, that didn't end up happening because I was sick for most of the trip. And then also I was so focused on family, I just didn't have time to study. But before I left, I made my handy ass schedule. Ass, A-S-S. I guess this is one abbreviation I didn't mention earlier. It, uh, my ass schedule is the anti-stress schedule, which is something Jesse created for me during my exams. And so what it is, it's a big cardboard, like poster board thing, presentation board. And I divide it up per week, you know, what days. I kind of always kept it blank with a pencil and I'd fill in all the days. And then so I can see it was always, I like to give myself at that point that one month and then I make sticky notes, different colors. So orange will be audio files, green will be quizzes, blue will be practice tests, pink will be, you know, reading, things like that. And then I look through all my study material and then every day I give myself, you know, based on if it's a weekday, workday, weekend, whatever it was, if there's a holiday in there, I kind of map it all out. And what I liked about the sticky notes is I'm able to sometimes, you know, things come up in life or, you know, which you will hear in just a second, how my study schedule definitely flipped upside down. And so with sticky notes, I have the ability to, nothing's written down. I don't have to cross anything out or whatever. I can just take the sticky note, move it to a different day, see how my, you know, schedule's going. And so that sticky note, my ass sticky note is, was really, really helpful, really beneficial. I'll probably post a photo of that on Instagram, actually. You guys can see what that looks like. But yeah, so my schedule was come back from Prague and then have four weeks of studying before my exam. But unfortunately, I ended up getting COVID. So I had to work from home and I definitely felt very worn out. Jet lag, COVID, stress of getting you know back to work after being gone for two weeks. It was a lot. But thankfully, when I was sick, I mostly was sick with a cough and like a runny nose. Jesse had COVID when he was studying for his contractor's exams earlier this year, and he had like the brain fog. Thankfully, I did not have brain fog. I just was very exhausted, which wasn't ideal, but at least I didn't have like that brain fog so I could continue studying. So my original weekday schedule was to wake up at 4.30, study for about an hour, get ready for work, go to work, at work, maybe take a practice quiz here or there if I had a break. Then I come home, maybe get on my yoga mat. I study before dinner. I study after dinner. But obviously with working from home and being sick the first week and a little bit of the second week of my study, I really focused more on rest and sleep. So I didn't study as intensely, but I did definitely have to change up my study schedule. So obviously the sticky note situation was really beneficial because I've started to move a few things around just based off of this last minute, you know, bump. And then every Tuesday I would join my weekly group call 
And although I was about three weeks late into the group, I caught up because there was always recordings of the group calls. And then in that group, I would ask any questions I needed. I would review with the group. Yeah, it was just kind of nice to always check in weekly with them. And then my weekend schedule was to get up around six or seven. And then I would eat breakfast, take a practice test. And then after my practice test, I would take a break, kind of, you know, maybe do a load of laundry. Then I would go back, review my exam, see how I did, and review any questions, any topics I needed to kind of look back on. And this would get me to about lunchtime. After lunchtime, I would stay for maybe an hour or two, kind of depending on how I was feeling, because, you know, keep in mind, I was still recovering from COVID and I would work a 40 plus hour work week. So there was a lot of studying and it was just a lot. And I had a total of four weeks of studying. And although the first week, I mean, really, it is hard to call like a full week of studying. My final week before my exam started on the full week before my exam, that was on Saturday the 29th, I really focused on relaxing, getting into the mindset for the exam and just reviewing my notes, reviewing, reviewing, taking practice quizzes, taking practice tests. I also have to thank Bryn from Be Young Design for making her little like cheat sheet bubble diagram. It was a free study tool because I used that that last week to really reinforce what I knew, make sure I understood what agencies went to what. It just, that was a really beneficial little bubble diagram. So that was really nice. And then the day before the exam, I worked from home. I took it easy. I took a bath, got on my yoga mat, made sure to exercise to release any stress, went for a walk on the beach. And then I ate my traditional pre-test dinner, which is smoked salmon and rice. And then maybe watched, a I think I watched like a show or something and then just made sure to go to bed early. Then the morning of the exam, I ate breakfast. It was a toast with vegan butter, hard boiled egg and banana. I'd have a small cup of coffee and some water. And then I headed to the exam, to the testing center. And this is the finally, I can't believe it. Every time I w drove to take my ARE exams, I was like, why don't I have a playlist for this to pump me up, to get me motivated? And for this last exam, I made a playlist. And so I had a playlist play the whole way to the exam center. I think it was about a 25-minute, 30-minute drive. So just good, upbeat song. So I highly recommend that. Just put on a playlist before you go to the exam center so that you can really just like pump yourself up. And once I got there, I, I went in for the exam. Now, one thing I really want to cover is, so I'm in the exam, is... The difference between taking the ARE and the CSE exams, there's big, big difference. So the ARE has questions that are multiple choice. It also has pick four out of six. It has questions about dragging and dropping elements into stuff. Fill in the blanks. You do hot spots, you know, clicking on certain things. So multiple variations of questions. You have two case studies at the end. Uh, and each of the six exams, of course, has a different number of questions, and there's calculations that require you to fill in the answer, and hopefully you calculated it right. And the big thing is there's no paper. Everything is digital now. We used to have a scratch piece of paper. I think one of the worst things that NCARB did is take away our scratch paper because we are architects, or we're trying to be architects, and we think with pencil and paper, and, you know, when we, they give you scenarios you can draw something out, like that's how we work. And so the digital board is just, I think, a terrible thing that NCARB did that we now have to draw with our mouse on a very poorly, unfortunately designed, I think, digital board. So I definitely have 
clearly not very happy about that change they made, but it is what it is. Now, the CSE exam is very different in some, I think it feels very much different. It's all multiple choice questions with two project scenarios. All the multiple choice questions, it's four, it's A, B, C, D, essentially. And there's no pick two, there's no pick three, pick four. You know, sometimes it, well, I think, no, there were, I'm sorry, there were some like, you know, pick the two that are the best or things like that. But it's, the answer is in front of you. You have the answer in one of the, you know what? No, I think there wasn't. It was always you pick one and there would be maybe multiple answers within like A would be, you know, something, you know, so it's just, it's multiple choice. It's so much simple, no drag and drops, nothing. And then there's the two project scenarios. Now the project scenarios, I guess, are similar to the ARE case studies, except you get a physical book with, I think, three or four project scenarios. So there's plans, elevation sections, a site plan, and description of the project. And so when you're reviewing the questions on the computer screen, they refer you to the physical copy in front of you. And you also get a scratch piece of paper, but mine was digital. And it was actually funny. It was, it's called a boogie board. And so when the proctor was sitting me down at my my station and she's like, okay, and here's your boogie board. I said, my what? And she said, oh, this like, it, it said boogie board on it. It was like a little digital screen. So I had a little pen and I would write on it and then you just press a button and it clears everything. But she's like, this is like your scratch piece of paper. I was so excited. I had a pen and something to write on for this exam. Like after taking the ARES and not having it and having that stupid digital whiteboard, it was so nice to hold a pencil in my hand for this exam. And especially because there was a moment where I had a question about something about relocating a condenser unit to a roof and having to deal with like a building height requirement. And this question came up about mid-exam. So of course, you know, I'm getting a little tired and I just couldn't figure out for some reason what they were describing. And so I kind of just, I just dropped my head to like think. And then I realized, oh, look, I have this boogie board, the scratch piece of paper in front of me. And I was like, wait, I can draw. So it was so liberating after having to struggle with that stupid digital board on the last few AR exa ARE exams to be able to draw out the scenario of what they were describing to me. It's just, yeah, the boogie board was amazing. And so overall, my time management, I would say, is great. I ended up having about 20 minutes to review. One difference thing, too, is in the ARE exams, you can take a break. And the break is like a scheduled break. So you say you're going to take your break and the clock stops on your exam. In the CSE exam, you can go take a break, but the clock still keeps running. So I waited to answer all of my questions. Then I went to take a break to use the restroom. And you can only be gone for like five minutes. And then they tell you if you don't come back in five minutes, they can like exit your exam and you can't finish the exam. So that was kind of nerve wracking, but um, they just don't want you, I think, like wandering around looking for, you know, going back to your car and getting answers or something from there. But so yeah, so I went to use the restroom, came back, and then I reviewed the final questions that I had marked because you can flag the questions that you want to kind of review and go back to. So I think overall, I have to say the CSE exam is much easier. It was much easier than the ARES for me. As I said, the answer is right there in front of you. There isn't a fill in the blank or pick the best out of six. It's one of the answers staring back at you. So really, you have a 25% chance to, to get the question right. And I also think having come off of the ARES so recent, I had a lot of the contracts memorized already. And so while I was studying and reviewing them, I didn't get too deep into them. And so it was a lot easier for me to just, 
you know, jump in and already know the material for the contracts. And so, and, and, and as I mentioned in my coaching call, since there were a lot of already licensed out-of-state architects, so for them who had been practicing for so long, you may be using their own contracts, they did mention, they're like, wow, we have to really, you know, the one one gentleman from New York, he's like, you know, th- these these contracts don't make sense. Like my contract is written way better. I, it's really frustrating having to memorize this contract I'm never going to use. So I can see how it can be difficult to learn a new contract to memorize it. So definitely coming off of the ARE exams, I felt like that was a huge advantage that I had. And I think another huge advantage is also I work at a small firm in California. I'm working at a small firm. I am part of the process. I've only ever worked at a small firm, so I have no experience working at a large firm. But at a small firm, you are so part of the process through all of the submittals And so I've worked with the various agencies and I've had to submit projects to the California Coastal Commission. I've worked with Caltrans on getting encroachment permits. So I was very familiar with the names, with the processes already. And so I think that was a huge benefit also in my short time, the four weeks of studying. A lot of what I was studying, I was doing at work or I had just completed at work. And it was a lot of material that I already knew and was very applicable to my day-to-day job where the ARES we're on a national level, you know, we're covering snow load calculations. I don't have to deal with snow load calculations where I work in, you know, Southern California on the coast. So there's definitely a huge advantage to being from California. And that was also something I noticed in my coaching call is the process I know in California to get plans through, you know, the city is very like almost standardized throughout the state. Other states do it differently. And so I think that's also a huge advantage um, to, yeah, to living in California and getting my license here. So, yeah, I think and in my coaching program, I think the last thing I'll say is we were taught the mindset to go into the exam is to go in with a firm owner mindset. So like you own your architecture firm and you're the owner. That's the mindset that you're going into the exam with. And I definitely already channeled that energy, I think. So I also had that going in. So I feel like there was a lot of advantages to me getting into the exam. So I think that that definitely helped. So getting the results, I want to share that process as well. So in the ARE exams, for example, you get you can get a provisional pass or fail. So at the end of the test, a screen pops up and asks you if you would like to see if you possibly passed or failed. Not one time did I ever ask to see the results. I didn't trust it. I just couldn't wait. I just, I didn't want, I, I could wait. I don't want to know. I, you know, it's, it's kind of an emotional, you just spent like three and a half, four on some of the exams, I think five hours just taking an exam. I just needed to remove myself from the situation. So I did never look to see if I got a provisional. So I would wait for the following day, usually between 8 a.m. and noon, I would receive the notification from NCARB that my score was ready to review on my portal and I could look at my results. The difference with the CSE is you get your results printed right away at the exam center. So that, that was very different for me. So I walk out of the exam room and one of the help, one of the, one of the staff helped me check out and they gave me my ID back. And as I'm sitting there, I told him, you know, are you going to show you, you're going to see my results right now, right? And he's like, yep, yep. I will know, you know, if you passed or failed. And I said, can you please do me a favor and not tell me? I said, I don't, not even a facial thing. Just could you please, this guy working there was so nice. I bless him. 
And I told him, I said, please, I don't want any, even a clue of if I passed or failed. And he's like, you don't want to know right now? And I said, I want to know in the, in the privacy of my own car. He's like, okay, no problem. So I put my head down. I sat there waiting and I heard him print something. And then he got like, thought he was putting more paper into the printer and he was doing this and he was stamping this and he was doing all this stuff. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I don't even, I'm, don't overthink whatever he's doing. Maybe he's doing something extra. Like I just don't think about it. And he's like, okay, ready. And so I put my head up and he folded some pieces of paper over and he hands it to me with a blank look on his face. And he said, so here's your results. He said, the top paper will show you your results. The bottom two papers are kind of what's next to come. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, that's it. I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much. Have a great day, blah, blah, blah. So I leave the exam room, get in the elevator, go down to the first floor, still folding the paper. I'm just like, I can't look. I can't look. I don't want to look in front of it because I knew no matter the results, I would burst out crying. <laughs> so I said, I just, I just want to be in the privacy of my own car. So I come down through the lobby and it was really sweet. Jesse was, um, took me to the exam center so he could be there for the results because he's been there with me every time I found out all of the results for all of the other passes and fails. So it was kind of special for him to be there for the last one. So I walk down the lobby, I walk outside, paper still folded in half. And so he's like, well, what's the results? I said, I haven't looked. He's like, you're kidding me. He's like, you haven't looked. I said, no, no, no. I just want to get in the car and look. And so there's actually a video of it because I'm walking and I meet up with Jesse and then I keep walking to the car and he's like, hey, hey, hey I I'm filming this like right now. And so I look up and I see in the, in the car, his phone is propped up filming us. I'm like, okay, so we can look at the results now. So I just unfolded the paper and all I see is congratulations. And I'm, I may put, it's, it's a pretty personal video. I don't know if I'll post it on Instagram, but I just burst out crying, just complete full-blown tears of just joy. And just, I mean, I just, of course, I knew I was going to start crying. And next to me, Jesse is like throwing his hands up in the air, cheering and we never got any of the other results on video, but that's about the exact results or the exact like reactions to to my passes every every time is I would cry, Jesse would get really excited next to me. So but we do have this one on video, which is really special. I'm really glad Jesse, you know, did did film me getting the results. And so yeah, that's how you get the results. It's very immediate, absolutely immediate. And then, yeah, so the other two two sheets in, that, that I received was the application to apply for licensure now. So that's, that's what's next. So what's next after passing the exam is I have to submit another application to CAB, which is those sheets. And then I also have to submit another check for the license fee. And that license fee is calculated I got it calculated to be $150, and the fee depends on when your license will renew. So a California, your California architectural license renews every odd year on the last day of your birth month. So for me, it's next year, since next year is 2023, it's an odd year, and my birthday is in March, so it's March 31st, so which is really easy to remember. Like, you can't remember your expiration date, and so because I'll have to renew again in March, my fee is much less because it's a I'm paying for a shorter time. So right now the fees have been submitted. I'm just waiting on my background check to finalize and get my license number, which this time it's coming actually via email, which I was like a little surprised. And then a hard copy will follow with my certificate. But, and then yeah, I can start practicing as a licensed architect immediately. So that is 
that I just can't wait for that moment. Putting this episode together has allowed me to reflect on really the last few months since I passed my last NCARB exam and what it officially feels like to be done. I think coming off of this exam and passing, it still feels a little surreal. And I I think I naively thought that passing this last exam would change some of the personal struggles I've been going through the last year, especially with health issues. And of course, it's not a flip of a switch. Days after passing um, the exam, I guess you could say I experienced like what you describe as fatigue. I mean, it's this has been a huge milestone for me and it was achieved by the end of this journey, like I felt so burnt out and exhausted by these exams and all this money and time I was putting into this effort and the last ARE exam took me five tries. So it was definitely a mind fuck at the end and emotionally just drained on this whole journey, on this process. And so, yeah, I just felt completely exhausted, burnt out. It's, I guess you could almost say it's probably what it feels like when you finish a marathon. You're just completely exhausted. That's kind of how I felt at the end of passing this exam. And so I'm still, it doesn't feel fully real yet. I was talking to my coworker about it and he said for him, it felt real the moment he had his license number. And then he went onto the website and he looked up his name and there he was as a licensed architect still kind of waiting for that moment. But this, you know, putting these notes together, putting this study, you know, all the study material together and kind of reviewing my whole studying process, like it really this episode allowed me to sit down and reflect on on this journey and hopefully share my tips with you. And please be feel free to reach out to me if you are taking your CSE exams or ARE exams or you need, you know, questions about anything. I'm more than happy to share my insight because it's a grueling, grueling process to get licensed as an architect. And in California, where you have that additional supplemental exam. So I can definitely resonate with the struggles of getting your license in California. So definitely reach out to me for sure. And so what comes next for me is kind of hard to answer. Family and friends, of course, immediately are like, okay, so so what now? You know, what's going on? And I've been giving, you know, I've been giving various answers depending on who I'm telling. And And to be honest right now, I just need a break. I need a break from trying to achieve goals and milestones in my life. And I want to take time to focus on myself uh, and my mental health, my physical health, and my overall happiness because this last exam really did push push me back almost past my my breaking point. I've had some some health issues, so I'm going to kind of focus on that. And I think... Even just with my career, I think with this episode airing is the last time I'm going to be sharing a little bit to anybody, family, friends, anybody who asks about my future career plans. I don't think I'm going to share with anybody except for Jesse, of course, because I need some time right now to to plant the seeds I want to harvest in the next season of my life, in my career. And I don't quite know what that all is, so I'm going to I'm going to sit with that and focus on just myself right now and and have fun with this podcast and other realms, but I think this closes the chapter on me talking about these exams, hopefully on the podcast, because it's behind me now, which oh, feels so good to say. 
feels so good to say out loud. It really does. So, well, thank you so much for listening to this very long episode about my CSE exam. I hope it was enlightening. If you are, like I said, studying for the exams, you know, do reach out to me. I I do want to help as, you know, it's like I said, it's a grueling process and I resonate with it so much. So I'm definitely here as a source if you are struggling or just have any questions. Yeah, so this was definitely a longer episode, but I hope it was insightful. And if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. Thank you so much and see you next week. Bye.